Hey everyone, Jeff Woods here. Two things before we dive into the episode. First, we are hiring an amazing community manager and we would love for this person to come from this community right here. If you are someone or know someone who loves to create amazing content, who loves to engage with a community and wants to manage all of the content creation for the business, then please go to the onething.com slash jobs. And that's with the number one in the URL, the onething.com slash jobs. And also we are on a mission to getting to know you better. And we put together a quick quiz that literally takes less than a minute to complete. If you've not yet done this, please go to the onething.com slash podcast quiz. It'll help us get to know you better so that we can cater the content accordingly. With that, let's get into the episode. This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. We talk a lot about achieving extraordinary results. We talk a lot about business and goal setting and having clarity on your priorities. One of the things that we often don't talk about is really mastering your mindset to begin with. Many of us, I think it's fair to say, struggle with being present. Truly being here, now, and nowhere else. Have you ever found yourself just constantly thinking about that next thing that you got to do throughout the day or the thing that's coming up tomorrow? Or do you find yourself reflecting on things that happened in the past, whether they were good or bad? And yet you're never really here in the moment. Something that I personally struggle with. What do you think the consequences are for you when you're constantly living in the future or the past and not the present? We will suggest to you in this episode, through the conversation you're going to hear with the guy today, that being present may be one thing that can transform every area of your life, your spirituality, your physical health, your personal life, your relationships, your job, your business, your finances. All of it may become more rich if you just did one thing being present. And that happens when you truly focus on mastering your mind. With that, let's get into this conversation with Jeff Votides. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I don't remember where I said this publicly, but uh, Charlie Siggins 
heard me say it and he sent me an email connecting me to you because you were one of those people who not only had enjoyed a level of success professionally, but also had done a what he perceived a good job of striking that counterbalance, prioritizing your relationship with your wife, Lynn, investing in your education, your health. Just when we look at the seven circles of, of our life, you were striking pretty good counterbalance. I'm curious for most people who have done that, it seems that there was a time in their life where things were not going well and they got very intentional. What was that time for you? So that time for me, it was actually in 2000. And so I'm going to get uh, a little vulnerable here on this call. So May of 2000, it was a year after my mom died. Our girls were young. I was uh, driving uh, to work. Lynn and I had had a disagreement. You could call it an argument, call it whatever. And I was uh, driving pretty fast on the road. And I don't know if you've ever had tunnel vision or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but at that time, I had tunnel vision and I was driving uh, with really no regard to outcome. I had apparently passed an unmarked police officer because I looked up in my rearview mirror and there was a cop right behind me with his blue lights on. I have to say that in that moment, I was so foggy. I said, well, I should get out of the way so he can uh, go catch whoever he's looking to catch. When in fact, it was me. <laughs> when he pulled me over, he said, I, I just want to tell you why I'm pulling you over. He said, I was behind you going 90 miles an hour and you were pulling away. And at that point, I started to cry. Interesting, he put his hand on my shoulder and he comforted me. And that's the moment, actually, that I looked at myself and I said, I don't understand me very well. That was one of the morals. The other moral is if you ever want to get out of a speeding ticket going 120 miles an hour, you must merely cry. <laughs> so so I began, I began doing uh, what I would call personal growth work at that time. So this was back in 2000. And it was all about discovering me. And what I found, I'm in the financial services industry, and what I found was that the more I understood myself, the more it seemed like I had x-ray vision into like the souls of others. And so woven into this with what I know about the power of the written word and the spoken word, and then the understanding of self, I determined that I was a very successful on the outside individual, but I deem myself as less successful on the inside. If not, uh, maybe I had a lot of work to do. And so what I started to do, Jeff, is I started to combine all this stuff where we write a business plan. So write like a business plan works because we write it down. We talked about the value in writing it down in this 81%, but I had not yet done that for my personal life. And so if someone were to say, hey, how come you and Lynn seem to get along so well? Or why? tell me why family is so important. And I could give you all of those descriptors. But if we went all the way back, I, I tell you this thing that I call a personal business plan, it's the, it's the playbook for my life. It's the, it's the descriptors of what really matters to me. 
I don't know. You know, I think every experience we need to become a more beautiful version of ourselves. I don't know that I want to go back through that one necessarily, but it was it was the gift in all of that chaos that caused me to look at life differently and began to, I would say, claim my future, um, even though that might sound a little corny. Well, it's it's interesting. Six months ago now at the time of this recording, when Jay and I were sitting down to put the idea together for our first couple's goal-setting retreat that we did in November. The whole idea was people have, like you said, they've done business plans for their business because it works. And yet they've never applied proven models in business for setting goals to their personal life, let alone doing it with their significant other, which the people who showed up, there was massive, massive transformation there. I'm really curious what this looked like when you first started doing it with Lynn. Oh, when Lynn and I started doing it. So you combine uh, extrovert with introvert, (laughs) me being the extrovert. I was all eager and Lynn was more like, huh, we're going to do what? And you, you say it works. Why? <laughs> so she did agree, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like smooth and pretty. I mean, it'd be kind of nice on a recording like this to say, oh, we just came together and it was like fairies and butterflies and we jumped up into each other's arms and couldn't wait. And we couldn't stop writing, but that's not really the way it worked. Each one of us wrote and talked about what things were really important to us. So, you know, even if I go back to, I don't know, like the early 2000s, you know, for me, like there was car related stuff. For Lynn, there was, would you listen to me more? And, you know, the result of that, and I did listen and thank God I listened. So it wasn't like pretty, but I got to tell you, Jeff, like the more we did it, the more seductive and exciting and attractive the whole process became. I'm curious, you go through this transformation, starting with you getting pulled over, you become a student of understanding yourself, you go on a journey to a plot, to doing a business plan for your personal life, you involve your wife. It's not rainbows and sunshine, it's real work. <laughs> you had to power through it. What are some of the things you found yourself having to say no to in the professional world so you could say yes to things in your personal world? Wow, that's an excellent question. Um, So I had to start saying no to working evenings. And I, I don't even like the word I had to. So, you know, I'm like, I'm free and I can do anything I want. But what I recognized is that if I wanted to really like go in that direction with Lynn as a couple, uh, working until eight or nine o'clock at night. That was not going to cut it. That was not going to get us there. Was working till eight or nine at night considered a norm for your industry or was that just you? Uh, you know what? It's a norm for the industry. I'm, uh, I'm ADD. And once, you know, and this is my interpretation, like once I know the rules and the rules are to work hard and provide for your family, I just have a tendency of doing that. And so it wasn't like I had to. I really believe it was just in my mind. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I need, I need to work. I need to work. I need to provide. I need to provide. There's never enough. You know, whether or not there was or wasn't, you get clarity that you're going to choose to not work till eight or nine at the night. What were some of the stories you were telling yourself that doubted that you could even do that? Well, I've been doing it since 1990. It's worked to get us here. If I don't do it, then something will break. I have a story going all the way back uh, to uh, my childhood where if I trust myself, truly trust myself, something will go wrong. And this is a high level of vulnerability here. I, I, and I, you know, I'm saying that it's like we could say, "Oh wow, he's being really vulnerable." But even as I say it, I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I just said that." Uh, but at 51 years old, I sometimes struggle with it. Even today, the 14th of February, when I took time to get my car washed when I could have been back at the office, that still pulls at me. Like, wait a minute. If you're not back doing this and you're just enjoying for that moment, you know, what isn't getting done? Hmm. What has happened when you stopped allowing yourself to work till eight or nine at night, or you have allowed yourself to go and get your car washed in the middle of the day? Have the wheels fallen off on your business? (laughs) No, no, not at all. You know, there's uh, no, it's the story. It's just the it's just the story. So, I mean, I was thinking about this at 12.15 this afternoon. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. The story I've made up is that this is the way it's going to go. So there's the story and then there's what actually happened. And what actually happened is I took a half an hour to skip out and do this. The story is something's going to go wrong. Nothing went wrong. The wheels didn't fall off when I started working evenings. In fact, just the opposite. I became more efficient as a byproduct of moving that work into the middle of the day when Lynn would call and say, hey, I'm really struggling with Kara. Um, Our daughter had reflux and various other challenges throughout her life. When I would stop and answer the call, so to speak, and go home, to your point, uh, I think this is what you're alluding to. No, nothing went wrong. Uh, If anything, a, a larger gift was given back to me for doing that. What would you say to that person who's listening to this? They're struggling to strike that work-life counterbalance. They know that they're working too hard. They're working too many hours. They're sacrificing time for their health. They're sacrificing time investing in the relationships that matter. They're sacrificing their personal time, their spiritual time. They want to start striking better counterbalance, and yet... They don't think they can. What do you say to them? Well, whether you're whether or not you think you're right, you always are. I think we must never put what matters most at the mercy of what matters least. Hmm, say that again. We must never put what matters most at the mercy of what matters least. And so, so I've got this thing. I know I'm going sideways a little bit, but I've got three themes for 2018. One of the three is to be here now. It's another way of saying being present. But to be here now, even on this recording, it's like, could I be here now as my mind wanders? Could I bring my mind back? And so the mind is a powerful thing. 
And someone said at a meeting, they said, are you putting, and there was, there was a conversation going on. He says, it sounds like you're putting what matters most at the mercy of what matters least. And I mean, like, bam, like, it just hit me right between the eyes. I don't know if there's anything, one thing I could say where someone goes, hey, yeah, this just changed my, now I'm better. I'm fixed. I believe it to be an evolution. And if you want things to be different, understand in order for that to become sustainable, it will take time. It is an evolution, whether that's a week or three or five, or maybe it's six months. But I begin all things with writing down what I want more of in my world. And I will, I will reiterate this until probably the day I die, that if you want a life that is different than what you have right now, then write down on paper, first person, present tense, singular, how you would like it to be. And I assure you that you will naturally move in that direction. Can you give us an example of something you've written down that's first person, present tense, single narrative? Because when you say that, you're speaking Chinese to me personally. Ah, <laughs> uh, Got it, got it, got it. I am so not the, the language guy. <laughs> got it. So, um, so this would be... I have a respectful and intimate relationship with Lynn. I forgive myself for all those things I've held hostage over myself. I weigh 181 pounds, when in reality, I weigh 187 pounds right now. So that's first person, present tense, singular. So it's, it sounds like an affirmation very much like an affirmation. And if you start with those, quote, affirmations, and then write on, I like to write a narrative. And if you were to read my 2018 vision that I wrote three years ago, as I read, if, if you knew my life and you read that, you would say, oh my God, like the real critical components of that, the things that I would say really matter are actually, uh, many of them have occurred and are in play. And this involves uh, my relationship with Lynn. It involves my relationship with my daughters. It involves the impact that our family has on other families. I mean, it's like big, big stuff. What I'm, what I'm hearing you say is first and foremost, going on a journey to constantly seeking clarity on what you want. Sounds like you are regularly asking the question, what do I want life to look like? Is that fair to say? Very fair to say. And you're getting to the point where it's not going in one ear and out the other. You're actually putting it down on paper. Yes. Okay. And then you are recognizing that if you're going to say yes to one thing, it likely means you're going to say no to other things. So you're not treating everything like it matters equally. You're not trying to do it all. In fact, you're going small. Yes. How can I be here now? on this recording, then how can I be here now with my client? And then how can I be here now, meaning not on my cell phone, checking email while I'm at home and my kids are running around, I'm present with my children. Yes. In fact, if you think about, and you can probably edit this out if you want, but the first part of this recording, I was not here now. I was trying to do the job. I was trying to do it so that it would come out good. So I was in tomorrow. Hmm. I was in tomorrow. They say that we spend about 92% of our thinking in the past and about 5 or 6% in the future. 
in a very small percentage being present. I'm not I'm not unique. I'm you know an ordinary dude like everybody else. And I will tell you this like mantra of be here now, which by the way is what I got that from the end of a movie called The Dog's Purpose, which is where that message came from. But that idea has been with me um, at many, many meetings since kind of claiming this as one of the three themes. And it's helped change my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for people, some context, Jeff and I had a, another section of this that we recorded that actually you have not heard uh, because we cut it out. Because something just, when I was listening, I'm going, we're, we're dancing. This just didn't feel right. And we reset. And I love that you shared that, Jeff, because it's going, oh, okay, you weren't actually present. And it's why that you and I felt a disconnect around the content that was being created. That's super interesting. Yeah, and you know, what's, what's funny, Jeff, is like you got it. I knew that you got that I wasn't present. And I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> and went, you know, very naturally into this, oh gosh, I'm, you know, yeah. into the self-talk. So. so so here's my question. We we believe the quote that we heard from FM Alexander that people don't decide their futures. They decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. I'm hearing you say that you have formed a habit and continue to reinforce a habit around being present, which you call be here now. This is something that I personally still struggle with. And I know many people who are listening to this struggle with. What's the one thing we can do such that by doing it would make being present easier or unnecessary? Can I tell you what I do on a regular basis? Yes, because I'll dissect it. I meditate. How does that tie together? I quiet the mind. See, the mind is where all of these thoughts, your mind tends to run. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jabber for a minute here. Is that all right? Go. So, you know, the mind is thinking at this rapid rate and it is making stuff up. And it also is a function of how much sleep you've gotten. That affects it what you've eaten, what you've consumed, if you've consumed alcohol, et cetera. And so when I quiet the mind, I get more clarity. There's a saying that nothing in this world is real. The meaning of everything is the meaning that you give it. And so what meaning do I choose to give it? And when I'm not careful, I'm giving it whatever meaning I'm feeling. When I go, so when I meditate, I meditate with the, with the, uh, on one word, one positive word, and as thoughts, because we're human beings, thoughts will naturally come into our mind. That's the way it's supposed to work. As they do, I gently push them down in my mind to get to the place where I'm really just thinking about that one word. And when I do, the mind quiets. And literally, no joke, and I didn't understand this before meditating, there are no fears. There are no worries. The meaning of everything is the meaning that you give it. And if I could quiet the mind enough, I recognize that I'm the one, I said this earlier, I'm the writer, the producer, the director, the actor, the editor. So what is it do I want to be thinking about? What is it do I want as a focus in my life? Mm. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I remember one of my first 66 day challenges was around meditation, making that a habit. What was so interesting to me is when I look back on it now, I view focus now as a muscle. Most people 
have never gone to the Focus Gym. Yet, they go through life with this expectation that they should be able to walk in, grab a pair of 100-pound dumbbells and start curling them like it's their job and never get fatigued. And they wonder why they're always distracted. They wonder why their mind's always racing. They wonder why their anxiety is always building. And they feel like they're in a constant state of chaos. When you start meditating, you start to, and you try to quiet the mind, you realize how loud it is. You're picking up the pair of five pounders for the first time. And when you continue to do this, like I did going through a 66 day challenge and making it a habit, I found it becoming easier to be present in the moment. Amen. I mean, I find it seductive, not in a, not in a weird way, just um, I look forward to meditating. Um, now, when you, there's no such thing as meditate faster, I will tell you. <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. But, you know, there's a, cool, there's a cool connection to race car driving. In race car driving, if, if you want to be the fastest car, then you would go slower. In racing, slow is fast. Smooth is fast. When you go too fast you slide. And when you slide, you lose speed. And these are all fractions of a second. If you look at Indy or NASCAR, how many times have you been rushing through a project and made an error and had to redo it again? Or not been present with someone. And so you experience an outcome that maybe you didn't want. I remember someone saying to me once, Um, what is the definition of a shortcut? And the answer, he said, was the longest distance between two points. So when we try and make shortcuts, you know, even in working out, hey, I'm going to strap all these things onto my body and in a week I'm going to look like whomever it is you're trying to look like. Unsustainable. Mm. But So for the people who are listening to this who struggle to be present. First, I'll ask the question. If you were able to be here now, if you were able to at any time of your choosing to truly be present and nowhere else, would that one thing improve your spirituality? Would that one thing improve your physical health? Would that one thing improve your personal life or your relationships? your job, your business, even your finances. I think for many of us, we're nodding our head going, huh, yeah, it would. And would the practice of meditation, even if it's for one breath a day, which is where I started, if you did that every day consistently for on average 66 days and that became a habit, would that one thing make being present easier or unnecessary? For those of you who do not have a 66-day challenge calendar yet, if you go to the onething.com with the number one in the URL, click on the free stuff tab, you can download there. It's, it's a single page calendar that has 66 days on it. So every day you do it, you put a red X on that calendar and pretty soon it becomes less about doing the activity and more about not breaking the chain. And maybe that'll help you form your first power habit. Jeff, what final thing would you leave people with? What I've come to realize is that um, we compare constantly and we compare internally um, based on our own stories and we compare externally. And that has been pretty difficult for me to get my arms around. But I read something recently 
that just um, hit me very powerfully, and that is that the, the it was a it was like a statement or a quote: "The thief of joy is comparison. The thief of joy is comparison." When I read that, I thought, "Oh my gosh! You know, is it true?" And instantly, I thought, "Oh, it is true." And so, our three themes, for whatever this is worth, are to recognize that the thief of joy is comparison. So, in our business and in my life, the moment I am comparing to the other driver, to the person next to me, to the person in the bathing suit, I am stealing my own personal joy. And that if I were to be here now. My belief is that success would chase me, and so our three themes are: the thief of joy is comparison, be here now, and allow success, however you define success, to chase you. Well, there you have it, my conversation with Jeff Fatides, folks. I love what he said at the end.、It、comes down to three things for him: the thief of joy is comparison. Be here now, and allow success to chase you. Our question for you is: Where in your world are you comparing, and it's stealing your joy? Where in your world are you not present, and it's undermining the quality of that area of your life? And where in your world? Are you trying so hard? You are muscling your way to a result. You are defining your existence by the outcome that you desire, instead of detaching yourself from the outcome and letting success chase you. We would be very curious to hear out of everything that you heard in this episode, what's the thing that struck you most? If you would go to your podcast player of choice and leave a review for this episode and share with us. When you leave it, it automatically comes to us. We see every single review. It gives us incredible feedback on the type of value you're getting, and that informs the episodes that we choose in the future. If you are new to the show and you'd like to get more of what we have coming for you, we publish two episodes a week. All you have to do is click that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice, and all of our future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device once they're released. If you would like to begin your 66-day challenge, maybe it's around meditation. Please go to theonething.com, click on the free stuff tab, and download your 66-day challenge calendar there. And that's the one thing with the number one in the URL, theonething.com. Folks, we really appreciate that you made the investment of your time in this episode, and we're going to keep bringing the value. So please continue to share with us the impact that it's making, and we will continue to bring it for you. Thanks so much, and we'll be with you in the next episode.